This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My conversation is with Michelle Shakara. I hope I have pronounced her name right. She is a crossfitter, fitness passionate who lives in California. Michelle grew up in Mexico, living under the common modern American lifestyle, processed foods diet, and then eating less and moving more to be able to reach that perfect woman's body set by the media. After blaming herself and willpower for not being able to keep the weight off, she started trying different approaches until she finally looked for help and was able to learn from inspirational figures the best way to stay healthy in every aspect, physically, spiritually, and socially. This also has motivated Michelle to get a certification in nutrition by the Body Mind Institute. In this episode, Michelle talks about the truth behind nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle, the process she went through to learn about what was really needed to be healthy, from food to exercise to environment and relationships. To read Michelle's full biography, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Here is the interview with Michelle Shakura. In your own words, who is Michelle Shakura? Wow. Okay. So it is a little interesting because I love putting words together. I don't know if like you've seen my social media and everything and I put like pluses. I am a CrossFitter. I'm a fit junkie. I love everything has to do with fitness and nutrition. I'm an adventure traveler. I love traveling, getting to know cultures, teach me about yourself. And I'm very much into, I'm a tree hugger. So by that, it's not only that I love the environment and helping, you know, like everything be safer in general for, you know, life on earth, but also because I do find that connection with anything that I touch, you know, if I go 
and walk in the woods. I appreciate the tree. You will see me touching leaves and trees because I like to feel that contact because they're alive. That's pretty much, <laughs> you know, who I am as a person. And um, more like friends that to know me, that's, that's me. That's cute. Thank you. My first official question to you is, do you have an unconventional definition for what is to be a healthy person? Wow. Okay. So that is a little tough, but I don't think it's unconventional. I just say you just have to be who you are as long as you take good care of your body. I believe that, you know, like just you can go and buy another car and another coffee machine and something. You cannot buy another body. So you have to take care of it so that you can have, it can work in your favor and take you to its highest potential. And while you're doing that, you can, you know, you also have that mental and spiritual side that will help you approach everything because everything is holistically interrelated. If your body's working okay, if you have that body-mind connection, then you would be surprised by where you can go, how your body's going to you know, help you do things that you never thought you would have. And it happened to me with CrossFit and, uh, and with running and, you know, with things I've learned at work and so many things that people just get surprised and go like, how do you do that? And it's like, well, I'm just fine tuning my own biology and fine tuning my mind. So that is how I would say, you know, a healthy person is. I know it sounds like like something you probably hear a lot, but that's just what resonates with me. Yeah. Um, and speaking of spirituality, what is to be spiritual to you? Wow. Okay. So to me, it's just being 100% in touch with your inner self, getting to know yourself and having that connection with the whole world, not seeing the world as something separate, you know, like, oh, well, this is a tree. This is, a, you know, this is water and this is a river. No, it's not like that. It's really getting in touch with that and knowing the real part of that. If we, you know, take that we come from the stars and we're all like stardust to a certain point, then we all have minerals. Like you look at your body, you have iron in yourself, you have copper. And how can you explain all that? You know, like trees, animals, like you'd be surprised how much DNA we share among each other. And yet we think we are so different. I mean, it, it's that's what it is for me to be spiritual, to just really understand life as a whole. And I mean, honestly, Valeria, this is what I, I just, every morning I take some time to meditate and to really appreciate a moment of silence. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I know I'm crazy, but I love it. <laughs> well, a lot of people do that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I, it, it's called me an early bird, crazy, whatever, but it's just feeling that moment of peace, silence, and really connecting to yourself, how you feel like it's like checking in with reality. And then I have my dog, uh, I have a golden retriever who, you know, I love to pieces. And I spend that time to be with my dog, not just like, Oh, hi, I love you. But, <laughs> but, you know, like, 
touch him, like really appreciate the touch. And then I, I love listening to his heartbeat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you, do you know how much magic you have inside? So it's that wonder, that miracle that life is that makes me really feel or how it would describe spirituality. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. I love the way, um, the way you said earlier about spirit, being spiritual, it's to be connected or to feel that connection with everything. And also like what you just said, is uh, very powerful and just feeling the, uh, the heartbeat of an animal and just getting to realize the miracle of life. Exactly. And it happens like with anyone, you know, like if you really stop and appreciate a person, like let's say you can greet someone and you can hug them or shake their hands, whatever. But if it's someone you have a very special connection with, just don't don't hug just because you're hugging. Like, really, what is it that you feel in that hug? Can you feel the person breathing? Can you hear their heartbeat? So it's that like active meditation you're doing with the person. It helps you appreciate them in life in general. Wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, do you ever use the word God and the, how different it is, um, spirituality or what is the connection between spirituality and religion? Do you see a connection? Yes, there is a connection. Um, unfortunately, this is just my, my point of view and, and, you know, I respect every point of view out there. Um, but I think that it's the same thing. All religions look for that same one thing, or you can call it the universe, but it's that unity, that being one with everything. If you look at different religions, they look to, okay, well, be good to your brother, be good to this. So it's the same thing. You have to be good with your planet. You have to love. Everything is love. And it comes from that. And, you know, most religions have a very good uh, foundation when it comes to love. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes they get lost and, and, you know, then fanatism gets in the way and egocentrism. And that's when we see a big separation between spiritualism and religion. But in reality, all of them have that same love as the core of their beliefs. Yeah, that also makes sense to me. Um, going back to the topic of lifestyle and fitness and diet, when and why you decided to change your lifestyle? Wow. Okay. So just to, you know, give you a little bit of a background about myself. I, you know, was a little, was a kid and I grew up in a Latino Italian family and eating was the main thing that people did because it was, you know, it connected you, right? And, and eat more and eat more. That's what they said. So um, my parents would be like, you have to eat all the food that your mom gave you, even if it was like humongous per portions, you had to eat it because, you know, it's disrespectful and how many kids are dying, you know, in whatever other country and you're like throwing everything away. So anything, anyway, that was that. And then my parents always wanted to make me and my brother happy, right? So if I wanted a chocolate, they would give me a chocolate. If I wanted to go eat a happy meal at McDonald's, they would take me to McDonald's. And, you know, I understand they're not nutritionists and not a lot of parents are. So they just want their kid to not be hungry. So I, you know, it was fine. But it got to a point where I became overweight. My parents were really, especially my dad. Uh, was 
attacking me psychologically a lot because of my weight issues. And instead of like, okay, let's go see a dietitian or let's try to figure something out, he would just blame it on me, right? So it was like, it's your fault that you're overweight. Um, you know, you should stop eating. It, he was like all sorts of things. Like, and, and it was his own frustration because it's, this is what I think. I think that in deep within, he probably felt as a bad dad because he was not taking care of my health as he should. So it was just frustration that was accumulated. Um, so that along with, you know, at school being bullied, you know, because you know, elementary school and all that, it's like the worst time for a kid to be overweight. All that just got into my head until one day I, I just hit puberty, you know, I was 12 and I'm like, I'm just going to change. So it was very interesting because it was like an overnight kind of deal. I mean, I was not like how I am right now. I used to be like a, you know, like a lazy kid and nah, I don't want to do anything and, you know, not the best at school. But then something just like, I don't know, just hit me. And I'm like, I have to do something about it because I'm tired. I am tired of being bullied. I am tired of my parents calling me names. I am tired of being like center of attention for, you know, for the bad thing. You know, it's like, oh, look at the chubby kid. So um, I was like, well, I'm just going to do what people do. And it's eat less and move more. Right, because that's the the right way to go. <laughs> so um, I remember I just um, started. Okay, well, I, I was a Backstreet Boys fan, and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna start dancing to their songs, and um, the same, you know, with NSYNC and whatever other boy band. Um, and I said, well, I'm just gonna reduce my intake, you know, my food consumption. So I'm just gonna eat what I liked the most, which was cereal back in the day. And I'm just going to eat it, well, once a day. That's going to be it, you know, because I'm doing pretty much what I said. So I kept doing that for, I don't know, like a month or something. And I lost weight really, really quickly. And, you know, I was I was happy with the results. People were like recognizing them. And I felt for once in my life very appreciated because I, you know, all the attention that I got was for something negative that I was doing. So finally something positive. Yay. So I kept doing it, I kept doing it without knowing that in reality, I was hurting my body because I was not giving it what it needs to grow, especially during the teenage years, right? So that was, I, I kept doing it. And uh, I mean, I was kind of okay, but then I started noticing things such as, you know, I was not able to concentrate. I would be sleepy all the time. And my skin was different, you know, like my teachers would say I had pale skin. And I'm like, oh, well, whatever, you know, I didn't really care. But, you know, your body is wise enough to, to tell you what's going on inside of it. And it sends signals. And, you know, unfortunately, since we're so disconnected, we don't really notice or, or do anything about it. It's like, oh, well, I guess that's it. I'm just going to go to the doctor and uh, they'll probably give me, I don't know, an ointment or lotion and that'll be it. But no, you know, there is a problem and you're not addressing it. You're just putting a bandaid there. And that's what was going on with me. So anyway, I kept doing that. I don't know. I, I something just kicked in. I was like, well, whatever, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this for, for a while. Then I had this boyfriend who I met and then he added on to the whole like disaster in my mind you know because I wasn't healed already I was 
you know, I was just reducing my weight, but mentally I was still that chubby kid. So he started adding all these like same, I started visiting my old ghosts with them. So I said, you know what, I'm going to get some help. So, you know, I started going on this, uh, you know, meal plan and workout plan and, and everything. And I started noticing differences in how I felt. And then um, I started, this is, you know, one thing with me, I am very radical. So if I want something, I want it all, you know? <laughs> so uh, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> um, but that's what I did, you know, and, and I started adding running to my, um, to my schedule and I was running like 27 miles a week. Um, I was doing yoga on some days and I was, you know, doing two hours at the gym every day. So I know it, it went like straight from not doing a lot to doing a ton. So I just kept doing it. And I thought, well, you know, I'm in this program and, um, I, I should be fine, but you know, there's thin line and I, it cost me a ton, you know, like of, of effort and, and, you know, sleepless nights and everything to understand it. Um, but you should not like abuse your body because then you're sending the wrong signal to your metabolism as well, which was something that I did not know. So anyway, I burned out, of course. I incorporated fat burners to my mix of so many things that I was already taking um, just to get rid of that extra fat that no one else saw but me. So anyway, I started not sleeping well at night because, you know, like my metabolism was so mess up. It was on fight or flight mode. It was, you know, like sort of an adrenal fatigue kind of problem because I was tired in the morning and I was not sleeping at night. I was wired and tired at night. Yeah. No time for recovery. Right. Right. Exactly. I didn't let my body recover at all. And I was not giving it the right foods either. I was not eating fat at all because, oh no, fat is your enemy. And that's the opposite. <laughs> exactly. I was not eating fat. My carbs were really low. And my, you know, I was basically just eating a bunch of protein. The number one, like, kind of red flag was my insomnia. Then the second one was amenorrhea, which, you know, like, for, for your audience, in case they're not, you know, like, familiar with the term, it's pretty much when you stop having your period. Oh, wow. I didn't know. I don't know this term. I didn't know either. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, there's like a kind of like a triad kind of a thing. So it's mainly, um, if you eat like too few calories throughout the day and you over, uh, work your body and I forgot the other one, then the result is something like this because you're messing up your metabolism. Yeah. It was like that for five years. I could not fix my period for five years and I didn't know why. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, I never heard of this before. Yeah. Anyway, that's what uh, kind of woke me up a little bit. I tried looking for some help from, you know, doctors. Um, and of course, I didn't get anywhere because they said that, you know, my diet had nothing to do with my problems and they were probably going to put me on, a, uh, on the pill or whatever thing, but they couldn't fix anything. And for sleep problems, I had to take sleeping pills pretty much. Wow. So that went on um, all this messing up with your body. For how long, Michelle? From the age of 12 to... Wow. It was from when I was 12 until I was 25. I'm 
tomorrow's my birthday. Yay. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be 31. So it was, it went on for about what, 15 years or so. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. It, w- it was really tough until, you know, I started reading because, you know, I think if you don't know something and, and when you get answers that just, you feel like are not real answers, like, oh, it's all in your head. I just did not buy that from doctors. So I started reading, you know, like listening to podcasts, um, watching seminars and everything that were online from, you know, respected people such as, you know, like I've mentioned Dave Asprey, which, you know, he has inspired me a lot. And uh, I've read his books, um, Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, among others who really are there to tell you, you know what? What do you eat, what do you do, and how you move does matter. So I learned from them and I started incorporating, you know, it's hard to fight that battle that I had against fat and carbohydrates and start adding them back in. I got rid of like the, the evil things, you know, and the, such as, you know, gluten in my case. And some people are doing okay with it, but I've read so much research on that, especially um, Dr. Pearl Mutter's book, um, Grain Brain. And I, I agree with what he says. And, and I just went gluten free and I had never felt any better. I mean, I made those changes and which have helped me a lot. And I reduced my workout time. You know, I, I still do CrossFit and I know it's high intensity workout, but I don't do it as often. I do it three times a week and then I'll run on Saturdays. And that's it. You know, I would walk and, and I don't go all the way like super extra crazy as I used to. So that little by little, everything following a good diet, again, incorporating fats, carbohydrates and the protein. And right now I actually do more fat than anything. It's about maybe 50% of my intake. Um, I'm doing perfectly fine. You know, my period's back, everything. I look healthy. My skin's not as dry as it was before because <laughs> there was no fat or anything, you know, like you're skin produces oil um, to, you know, lubricate it. And if you don't have any fat or enough water, well, how do you, how do you, you know, where do you get that from? It's, it's been like a long road, but in a lot of learning to do, a lot of experimenting to do, but I finally can say that I cracked the code that works for me because not everybody's the same and, you know, there's no magic pill. You have to find what works for you. I agree. From everything that you have learned, um, are there some basic rules or basic suggestions that you can give that could help anyone to live a, a healthy lifestyle? Yeah. So this is, and, and I'm so glad you asked because then I have, I've been so lucky to like share this with friends and people that they come to me whenever they're struggling with something, they go like, Oh my gosh, I need some sort of help, you know, and, and someone who's been through this, I'm going to go to Michelle. So, you know, I would reckon, I usually say just eat whole foods, meaning that try to get as many fresh, you know, fruits and vegetables, mostly vegetables more than fruits, um, for the fructose content and everything. So I I limit myself on the fruit side. Um, but, um, lots of, lots of veggies, everything has to be organic. Everything that I consume is organic. Um, and that goes from the food 
you know, like in milk and grass fed beef and all, you know, as close to nature as I can. If I can track the source and go local, I will 100% do that because then you know the soil, then you can talk to the farmer and see where, you know, how they're raising their, their cattle. Another thing is uh, your environment. I changed my environment a lot at home. So I started off basically because of my insomnia problem. I started off with uh, switching the lights. I no longer have blue lights at home. You know, those LED white bright lights that make you feel like you're in a lab. (laughs) I don't have those. (laughs) It's like I I just switched them to incandescent light bulbs and Himalayan salt lamps. So you go to my house and it's like really zen. Um, yeah. And, and also, you know, like I started adding, um, essential oil. So I have my diffuser and at night I would start using some lavender just to relax my senses. Some lavender, a little bit of peppermint, not too much because if you use too much, then it kind of does the opposite. It gives you more energy. Um, or at least that happens to me. And, um, and you know, I also, that's, that's another thing in your environment, uh, where I sleep, I, recommend that people get a bunch of sleep you know unfortunately right now we live in a world where there are tons of screens again blue light and limit your the time you spend on those so my rule for instance is first off i don't sleep with a router or modem near my room i don't charge my phone in my room because of the emfs and i have blackout curtains so i black out all the light and I still use a night mask just to cover my eyes and make sure that I don't get any light at all. So my body really relaxes and it's like, okay, it's night. Let's release all the melatonin that we can and get, you know, all the, the cycles in. And, you know, like your environment helps. And also the products that I use at home. So this comes, this is for like cleaning products. I get organic where I use vinegar Uh, with essential oils, you know, for laundry as well. There are some organic products now and, you know, shampoos, conditioners, everything they use on your body. Since our skin is transdermal, um, it's going to be absorbed. So I just try to limit what I put on my body and make sure that it doesn't have SLS or, you know, fragrances and all these weird chemicals that no one can pronounce. So that, and and lastly, which is very important, is uh, the people I surround myself with. You know, the books, everything that you read is part of you. So if you are with toxic people, unfortunately, it's going to get, you know, rubbed off on you. You know, you don't want to be dealing with something you don't want to become. So I had to like, you know, get rid of people who were really toxic or dramatic um, and I looked for happy people, positive people, people who inspired me to become better people to kept, who kept me going like, come on, Michelle, you can do this. And because that's, that's just who I am. You know, I encourage people to follow their dreams, to try out that extra burpee because I know that you can, you know what I mean? So that's what I did pretty much. Yeah. It's very interesting that you mentioned, uh, relationships being part of your list of becoming a healthy person. Um, so what are some of the examples of, of toxic people? What would you say? Oh, you know what? I am the kind of person who is always on the move, meaning that I'm always thriving and looking for something more. And come on, let's do this. And I want to try this out and I want to travel the world and I want, you know, all these things. So people who are limiting, who are like, no, I think you should just like stay home and 
you know, be the normal housewife and stuff like that. Those are like not my people because they don't inspire me to be my true self. Um, other people who are always complaining, um, and unfortunately, you know, like in social media, you'll find a lot of those people. Um, they're always complaining about the weather, the dog, the people in traffic, you know, those kinds of people that I just, I, it just drives me nuts. I, I usually mute those people or even unfriend them because I don't have time for that. If I'm going to see something, I want something that is inspiring. I like those quotes that are positive. I like to see how people like, oh my gosh, look, this person just helped another person or how you can find happiness in like a pine cone, something small and significant uh, that is what i look for and anything that's like no people who deviate from that i say goodbye same thing with those who don't respect my philosophy or you know what i really like to do i get rid of those um an example is for instance i don't drink nor smoke nor do drugs or anything like that never ever have in my life because I just, first off, I don't like the taste of alcohol. So this is just something personal. I don't like how it tastes. I am not going to drink. Secondly, I, I've noticed how people change with alcohol. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't want to be that person, you know, making fool of themselves. So no. And then, you know, I just put this out there. And, and I'm picky when I order my food. When I go to a restaurant, I will go like, hey, can you switch this for that? Just don't add dressing, don't add this and that. Because, you know, I know what's in the food. And some people just don't agree with that. Oh, come on, Michelle. It's just a, a glass of wine. Oh, come on, Michelle. It's just like three beers. Yeah, right. So I try to stay away from those people because they're not helping me continue with who I really am. They try to change me. Right. I agree. Um, um, I do think that one of the things that's very important that we do is to think for ourselves, be courageous and strong enough to say to say no. I'm not sure about getting rid of everybody because it may not be necessary when you have that kind of uh, strength within where you can say in a kind way to the person that say a no to them, firm, but in the same way, with kindness. I believe in being kind, so, but also strong, yeah, having that. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. I mean, just like whenever someone does not respect you at all, that's when I cut ties. But if it's like, you know, I do have friends who I hang out with and they drink, but they respect me not drinking. That would be tough to cut everybody who, who drinks, right? Because I don't drink either. My fiance too, but it's hard because most people do. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like a social thing. And like, um, I work in real estate. So it's like the main thing, you know, you cannot say no to drinks on a Friday, stuff like that. But, you know, I still, I know myself and I know how, you know, like how I see things. And this is how I explain to my friends when they ask me about food or drinks or whatever. I'm like, when I see these things, I don't see them as a food and a drink. I see it as a content and how my body is going to interpret that food because everything we put on our bodies is a, is a code. It's a language. So I am not going to put something that's going to be toxic for myself. So this is, you know, this is just how it is. But if you want to do that, if you want to eat the fries, whatever, I'm just telling you, they're not the best option here. 
But, you know, I, I'm just putting the information out there. You decide at the end what you want to do with your life. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you say that healing starts from the inside. What is the connection between healing and meditation? Okay, so they go hand in hand because it's like the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Which one comes first? Do you heal first and then you meditate? Do you meditate and then heal? <laughs> so um, sometimes, you know, like most of the things that happen um, or that we do or that we think happen to us, they, they do happen for us, not to us. So if there is something inside of you that it, like maybe from your upbringing or something that you haven't addressed um, and, and it's still, you know, putting you in that like sabotage or whatever cycle, then you have to heal something inside. For instance, there are a lot of people who are emotional eaters. They feel bad and they're, they'll start eating carbs, for instance, because carbs make you feel good. So if you start addressing like, oh, you know what? I am not hungry. There is I am feeling, how am I feeling? I'm feeling worried. I'm feeling anxious. Instead of going for the food or something, or just try to, to see the feeling, live it. Okay. It's like a little child. You have to listen to the little child and then, you know, pacify it. Okay. I'm listening to you. Now I gradually pet you. Let's do something about it so it can make us feel better. So that is where, you know, the healing process starts because in order to heal, you have to be conscious and really address the problem. Um, I don't know, like another example could be like me. Okay. So I am a very anxious person. And so the most recent mantra that I've had is I trust and I just use it whenever I try to call myself because I don't know what's going to happen or why something happened or a person talked to me in a bad way or they are ignoring me. So me deep within, since my, my dad was usually like super, when I did something wrong, he would be very strict and, you know, like talk about it for days and days in a row. Now I feel that if someone doesn't do something, I, it was because of my fault. I, I take things like very personally because of that upbringing that I had. But once you recognize that, then you can control it and go like, okay, First off, relax. You don't really know what's going on. You know, once you start rationalizing, breathing in, calming yourself, or even tapping, which is great. And I, you know, you probably know about it. Um, it, it just relaxes you very much. So once you're aware of that, then you start healing. And it's a long process. You know, it's like forgiveness. You cannot forgive someone who did something to you right away. It's a ongoing thing that you need to you know, practice and practice until it heals. You know, that's what I would say is like the relationship between healing and meditation. How long do you meditate every day? So it really depends on, you know, my, my schedule. Um, I usually do at least five minutes and the longest, you know, usually on weekends I can do 30 minutes. Yeah. Do you feel the difference when you do five or 30? It doesn't really matter. 
No, it does. Uh, honestly, it does feel different because uh, when I do longer meditations, I don't just, you know, focus on my breath. Um, I do a lot of visualization or I add being grateful for things or I add forgiveness into it or I manifest my ideal life. So it really just depends. Um, I would use guided meditation sometimes through apps or I would just go um, on my own. And, and honestly, it is hard, you know, because your brain is always working, controlling and like there's a thought coming here and there's another one coming here. But you feel, again, depending on the meditation you do, but most of the times when I add gratitude and forgiveness to my meditation, oh my gosh, I feel so peaceful. Like really, seriously. I mean, it takes after, you know, meditating for so long, I, it's really hard to make me upset like even my husband goes like well you're just like i don't know how you control that and it's like (laughs) well i am a human you know i i do feel emotions but i recognize that because i've worked on scenarios in my head while i'm meditating and then okay so you are feeling frustrated now breathe in breathe out let it go so you're i've trained my brain to handle anger and frustration and everything much better than a person who hasn't meditated you know yeah i i feel the difference yeah, every time i meditate too um but one of the things that i um found out i'm not sure how deep this is um, for me is that when you know that you are already perfect. Like you were talking before, you're part of everything. Uh, there's nothing missing, nothing lacking. You're just perfect, exactly the way you are right now. You don't have to add anything. There's no need for anxiety to work, nothing. All this is just a waste of life and time, if quotes and quotes time. So I think that understanding when deep enough, it sort of makes all these methods go away like you don't need the methods anymore you just live in that state of being i call it being i think uh, some people they do too sounds like spiritual in a way but it's i don't think it's actually a spiritual a wisdom concept it's just uh we feel it like you said you talked uh just today about how everything's connected how you love hugging the trees and even the heartbeat of your dog that just kind of uh just by you saying that, I was like, wow, you know, yeah, like resonated with my entire being. Oh, I don't, I don't even never met you. But it's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like, it's the little things, you know, and it's so funny, because sometimes people like normally don't understand Um, that. Yeah, they keep adding things right they want yeah yeah and they go like why are you so excited about this so it happened to me recently i was i was on a trip in croatia and i was with this friend of mine and i got so excited when i found goat milk yogurt so it's like i was like oh my gosh it's goat milk yogurt he was like what exactly and it's like it's the little things or or a dog i was i petted a dog i was like going all nuts because you know it's just like that sensation that and they communicate you know like things communicate back to you because we're energy you know it's like it's amazing it's and once you're meditating you're in that state then you don't feel any different you don't feel like a body that's sitting there 
it's like there are no limits. You're like part of it all. It's really crazy. I know it sounds woo-woo and whatnot. No, it's not at all. Um, this is actually the, the truth. Uh, quotes and quotes truth because you write a lot of people. They're not there yet, so they keep adding things because they feel that they're not enough. Um, but I really, um, yeah, that's that's what it is for me. And every time I hear other people talking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, you get it too. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's really incredible how it takes us so long to understand something that it's so fundamental, so simple. Exactly. And honestly, uh, you don't really have to be sitting somewhere and with your eyes closed. I mean, I, you can do active meditation. And I do this every Saturday when I, woke, when I wake up, I, I'll meditate a little bit, but then I go for a run and I see the sunrise. So I'm running, I'm feeling how I'm like touching the, the, the ground. I'm counting my breaths just to keep, you know, like the VO2 max going. And I see the sunrise. So it's a mixture of how it smells, you know, like the plants, the, the water that, you know, like fell from, from the rain before, how it smells, that humidity, then how you feel the temperature, then you see the sunrise. It's so many things at the same time that you take the time to really appreciate and you're like blown away because it's like you cannot believe that by just doing the simple act, you are actually being more present than ever. Yes, right. Like experiencing what's happening in the moment instead of... Uh living in our thoughts right like uh, what's next or what have passed like the past and the future they're both um illusions but we are sort of trapped most of us and that's funny because i find myself sometimes getting back into that trap of like oh i gotta get this done or thinking too much about the future that is just not the way to be or to live but it's, there's nothing wrong with planning and doing something for the future, but not worrying about. When anxiety is present, that's a sign that we're just not in touch with what you just said, like being in the meditative uh, state of being. Yeah, exactly. And then um, just really quick, a thing that I have with a friend is um, I would start asking him, so what time is it? And the answer would be now. And then where are we? And the answer would be here. And I, I saw that, you know, on a, on a quote, I think Winnie the Pooh said it to Piglet or something, but I found it so deep and so true. So I try to like, whenever someone's like going all crazy and stuff and I'm like their accountability buddy, I'm just saying, what time is it? And where are we? Yeah. Here and now. Oh yeah. I love that. Um, I'm going to be moving the conversation um, to a few questions about, um, they're, they're related to philosophy, spirituality, uh, questions that I am curious about to ask all of my guests. Um, do you want to say anything related to um, diet, fitness, and health before I move on? No, I think I've pretty much covered it all. Um, you know, covered it all with the basics that I mentioned. So we can move on for sure. What is another word for healing? I'd say transformation because, you know, when you start healing, you, you start realizing things that, you know, you implement little by little. And it's like medicine, you know, like 
you do a little bit of change and you start feeling another, you know, like once you start increasing the dose, so you're transforming. It's like that butterfly kind of progress, you know, when you start like little and then you become and and you transform into something different thanks to the healing that you've been doing. Right. Um, but is it possible to transform the other way around? There wouldn't be healing, but yeah, I mean, you could become, you could go from good to bad, but at the end, I mean, like, I don't think it would be very constructive for someone to go that route. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Of course not. Yeah, exactly. So I would say then in that case, like a positive transformation. Positive transformation. Yes. <laughs> Let's be more specific, right, Michelle? Um, right. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yes, right. Because transformation could, yeah, some people, they do transform in a negative way. I don't know. We don't know why. This is the mystery of life, right? Not all of us learn everything. What is love to you? To me, love is the main, like the main engine, the main, the main fuel that moves us all, you know, because what do you, it's what you feel, it's what you see, it's, we wouldn't be here if there weren't love, because it's such a strong energy, and, you know, at the very end, it's, I think it's what moves us, and what moves the world, and what moves galaxies, and everything that surrounds us, so that's what it is for me. Right. How do you define success? Well, success, I think it's, it depends on everybody, you know, like, um, there's not like, okay, so you drive a very expensive car, you're successful. No, I think success is very relative. So if I, to me, a successful person is someone who is rich, but not rich, like financially, but in life with experiences, you're a successful person. If you get to really appreciate the small things, if you get to experience a sunrise, if you have friends and people who love and support you, you're rich if you have knowledge and you know how to apply it and you know how to be of service and use it to benefit not only yourself, but benefit others. So I would say it's just a combination of experience and plus knowing yourself for real instead of, well, yeah, I think I like spaghetti. Well, not that kind of knowing yourself, but knowing deep inside how you really are, what you love, what motivates, what moves you and the, the people that are there to, you know, help you support you along the way. I think that's what makes you a successful person. Yeah. Really great. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself, others, and life? Oh, wow. The hardest lesson that I've learned about myself is that I crave that attention that my dad didn't give me while I was growing up. And it, you know, like made me make some interesting choices, you know, with people as long as they paid attention to me or that I even did things for people that would hurt me or put me in a bad situation as long as they were happy and as long as they accepted me. So once I realized, wow, there is this go, you know, this going on and I am letting this person who doesn't want to be with me, who doesn't want anything to do with me, um, but I'm still trying my best to have them accept me. 
that's when I was like, okay, so this is not the right way. And then I started gaining confidence and going like, I am not going to be begging people to be with me because I, if people want to be with me or want to be somewhere where I'm at, it's going to be because they want to be with me, not because I am there, you know, like begging them to be with me. So that is what I've learned, um, you know, about myself from people that there is good in everyone. That's what I've learned. Unfortunately, so many people just go like, oh no, this person's like this and this person's like that. But we cannot be judging because we, I mean, we naturally do. It's an, an, an instinct that we can get rid of, but we can always rationalize it. And instead of going like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so did this. Well, they did the best thing they could could in their situation because if we had been in that situation or you know someone else wouldn't you have done the same thing or how would you have reacted so that's what i learned about people there's always you know no matter how they act there's always good in them you know they're the people they want to be good they want to love people they have something good they're not after you all the time and the other thing is what i've learned about life was that the other question yes yeah Okay, that we are all one. That's that's what I learned. It will sound cheesy and whatnot, but we are and <laughs> we're we're united. We are one thing. And um, so, just to add a little bit more on this, um, when my mom passed, my dad and my brother they were devastated. I understand, you know, I was sad. It's normal, but then you know it just hit me that my mom really never left you know she's everywhere she just transformed the energy that she was she's probably in that kid smiling she's probably in, in the stream uh, in the river she's she's all over the place and she's in me first off because i'm half her you know um and also nothing really disappears or dies until you forget about them so as long as i keep my mom in my memories I mean, she's going to be there all the time and, and everywhere I go. So there you are. Like, we're one. You're such a wise girl. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that is so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Very beautiful. What is to be strong, Michelle? To be strong is to know yourself and to not let anyone else change you. So if you want to be a chemist, a singer, an architect, whatever you want to be, and you really feel like it, go follow that dream, follow the heart, wherever it takes you. And don't let anyone change you and tell you, Hey, you know what? You can't do this. Oh no, whatever. Just do follow your dreams. And that's how you're going to be stronger because then you're going to be happy and you're going to be confident. So everything comes down to that just be yourself and follow wherever your heart takes you my last uh, three questions if you knew you would die soon just meaning losing the physical body would you change anything or do anything differently from now on i would stop putting off things that i had been planning to do and that's something that i recently did i had been planning a trip the trip back to Italy for 15 years and you know, the right time never arrived. So I just took a plane and that was it. <laughs> 
So that's what I would do. I'm, I'm so tired of putting things off. And then you go like, Oh my God, my God, I can't believe I missed that. So it would be that I would start acting now and start living and, and enjoying life more rather than being super restrictive as I usually have been and waiting for the right moment to come because the right moment never comes. So just jump. Yes. Do you believe in life after death? Yes, I do. Because like I said, energy doesn't just die and disappear, you know, like even um, Einstein said it, it just transforms. So, I mean, you know, like I may not be the same person. Maybe I'll be a snail. Maybe I'll be a rock, you know, a tree, but my energy is going to be there. Mm, but you don't believe in you living on as Michelle, the same personality continuing after death. It's a little hard. Maybe there may be like traces of me, but I may not be aware that I was a human before. <laughs> you know what I mean? But my energy is still going to be there. Interesting that you don't believe in, um, in those things. Like um, mind, con mind continuation is um, something that it's talked a lot in Buddhism, especially reincarnation, rebirth, but you don't have any um, beliefs in that. Yeah, and now I mean, like, it could happen. I just, like, I am not entirely sure about that yet. All I know is that me as my energy, I'm just going to be something else. But if I'm going to remember who I was in Lifetime before, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And the last question, what are three things about life you know for sure? Three things about life I know for sure. That no matter where I go, what I do, the universe has a plan for me. You know, like it, it's given me a gift that, and that like idea of like, okay, follow this because this is where you're going to be okay. So no matter what I do, it's going to be for my best interest. The, the universe is going to just, it didn't put me on this earth to suffer, right? I mean, we suffer, but it didn't put me here in vain. That's what I'm trying to say. It's you have a purpose. So no matter what, I'm going to guide you, help you, you know, give you omens um, so you can get to your final destination. That is one. Number two is, I'm, I'm going to be repeating myself a little bit here, but just how we are here to serve each other, you know, like, I don't believe in people who are like, oh, no, I got this knowledge and I'm not going to share it with you because it took me four years in college. You know, no, I am here to share my knowledge with you. You know, this is what is what has worked for me. So and I hope it helps you because I want you to be better. You know, I hope that whatever I say and do makes you a better person. You know, that's that's what I what I think that we're here for. And number three Wow. Number three, we're just here to be happy. That's what I know for sure. I mean, everything kind of like intertwines with that, but we're here to be our best version of ourselves and to enjoy life and, and be happy with what we do. If you're not happy somewhere, just move, you know, because I know that it's, a lot of people will like bring a lot of excuses to not change because, you know, change instability and it makes you feel weird and uneasy but you, sometimes you have to go through that in order to be where you really want to be just just be happy do whatever whatever makes you happy.
happy and follow it. Yeah, um, I like that. The, the only danger with the last uh, item number three, happiness, the pursuit of happiness, is that I think nowadays very much connected to pleasure, feeling good, and that could lead us to uh, disastrous situations. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to be like real smart. You're not going to go, oh, well, I'm going to just like, you know, do drugs because it makes me happy. No. But you have to find like a deeper meaning to happiness, not like whatever, you know, like, oh, oh, splurging. No, just really like, what is it that pulls you? Oh, well, what pulls me or what moves me is, you know, I don't know. In my case, it's uh, meeting other cultures, seeing people from, from different backgrounds helping them out to become better in their, you know, lives and, and, and everything. So that makes me happy. That moves me. And that makes, you know, it follows my philosophy of being of service and everything. So that's what I'm, what that type of happiness is what I'm talking about. Yes. There is meaning right behind that happiness. That's wonderful. It has been a meaningful conversation. Speaking of meaning. Oh, thank you. I, I really enjoy this. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you know, got in touch with me and everything. I highly appreciate, you know, the time that you've invested in this. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll keep in touch for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Where can we find more information about you, your work, services and future projects? Yeah, so I have a blog, yay, <laughs> that I haven't been putting out forever. So until like you were like, hey Michelle, and I was like, okay, you are a sign, a divine sign. <laughs> um, so it's it's super simple. It's M is in Michelle Shacker, my last name, which is S C H A C H E R E R, and then the word CrossFitter dot blogspot.com. So that's my blog. And I'm adding all sorts of articles and I share ideas with people. So feel free to just jump in, read and add any comments. And I love hearing from people. So um, feel free to just, like I said, put a comment there or shoot me, uh, give me a call. I mean, should be an email. Um, my email is S as in Sally, M as in Michelle, Shackerer. S-C-H-A-C-H-E-R-E-R at gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again for your presence. Thank you, Valeria. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now, Michelle. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Michelle Chakra, please visit her blog, M-S-C-H-A-C-H-E-R-E-R, crossfitter.blogspot.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. <music>